0: Hey, nice to see everybody, Hope everybody's uh, all dug out from their snow, uh, and have people who need to be out of your house, out of your house, and people in your house, in your house. Um, okay, so this week, Parshim uh, Mishpatim, and Mishpatim, while it's full of all kinds of interesting halachos, which we've talked about in different years, um, it also takes us back, it's actually an interesting machlokas. Um, in the Mishonu, whether this story happens before Parshim Mishpatim, or ha- before uh, Yisrael, or happens after Yisrael, uh, many assume that it happens as the sort of part of the introduction to uh, Matan Torah. And it makes sense if you look at it. Uh, and the story it actually has within it uh, one of the most famous lines in the entire Torah. And this is in Perich in, in, uh, of right here. So let's take a look. So the the Torah is "Moshe Amar Alei Elohim, Atav Aron Mirachok." So, so Hashem is telling Moshe, "You guys are going to come up. Right? You and Aaron and the other you're all going to in the, the Zikane, you are going to come up close." Moshe So Moshe goes up by himself. The kadosh Baruch Hu. Everyone else stayed a little bit further back. V'Yaham Loyal yallu bimun. At a moment, people were not allowed to go up onto the mountain. Right? They were supposed to stay. Um, off the mountain, actually, it was a halacha they were not allowed to go up onto the mountain. So Moshe comes down and he tells a message to the people. And all of the laws. So it's a big question again. What did he exactly? Did he teach them? Did he teach them, you know, uh, that which is fun, Some say means safer, You know, what, what's found in ilam mishpatim? He taught those halachos or other things. So the people all responded with one voice. So they all said, whatever Hashem said, we will do. And then what happens? And Moshe writes down all that Hashem said to him. He gets up in the morning. He builds an a, a, uh, altar at the bottom of the mountain. So on 12 different um, pillars for the 12 tribes of, uh, of Am Yisra. And he sends the young people and they, they bring up korbanos, etc. So Moshe takes half the blood from these korbanos and he places places them uh, in basins. And he throws rest in the mizbech. And then again, And the people respond, Whatever Hashem says, we will do, and we will listen. Again, Nasev Anishma, one of the most famous lines that the Jewish people ever say. Um, and what's classically the reason why Nasavanishma Anishma is considered such a foundational, such an important thing? And why, why do we, why is so, why do we like, talk about it so much? is what's a throwaway line in the story. Hey, he came down, he told them, and they said Nasev Anishma next. Why, why do we, what's typically the reason we talk about Nasev Anishma as such an important thing? Anybody?
1: They just said they would
0: do it, without hearing what it was. Right, that we'll do and then we'll hear, meaning that's a bizarre thing to say, right? It seems funny. It doesn't grammatically make sense. Jenny, what are you going to say?
1: No, just like it's sort of fundamentally like it epitomizes our relationship with God. It's like we, we, we love him so much and we love everything so much that we're just willing with our love to just do whatever without even knowing what it's going to be because we want it so
0: bad exactly we're just gonna like jump in like i don't care well it's actually very much and actually it sounds funny I, it, it makes sense it's very much like what Ruus says to naomi right wherever you go i'll go like i don't care right your god is my god like wherever this takes us it takes us like that doesn't matter i don't care like i'm just coming with you why because because i want this I want this. So even if it's going to take me places that might make me uncomfortable, it might take me places that are challenging, it might take me, who knows where it's going to take me? I don't even know, right? Nasa, I'll do it first. minishma, and then I'll find out. And then I'll find out afterwards. It doesn't matter to me because like you said, Jenny, the, the relationship is so valuable that I'm going to take that risk, basically, right? So that's how we typically understand nasa Vinishma as being, you know, a very valuable statement. Um, and different refreshment, different explanations for what exactly took place here and what, what was it that was so important. So, if you look at the Ben Ezra in source number two, so he says, doesn't say he comes down into. Why does Moshe come down into Am Yisrael? Right. He told them the positive and the negative mitzvot. From the from uh from the the story that takes place last week's parasha which is all basically from the middle of Parsha Yisra through all of the mitzvot in Parsha Mishpatim but this, this story is found all at the end of the Mishpatim. Mishpatim it's full of tens and tens and tens of mitzvot so he told them all of these different mitzvahs. okay um, and they responded all together we're in, we'll take it the one that's interesting about that according to Ibn Ezra is that they actually did hear a lot of the mitzvot and they didn't know nothing they didn't have no information they actually had learned a bunch of them when they decided to get in again they didn't know you know there's there's hundreds of mitzvahs they didn't know about but they got a smattering at least they had started to get a sense and according to the Ibn Ezra, at least they actually get a, a, a whole bunch before they actually respond and Ishmael. But either, either way he says that what Moshe gave over to them was was mitsusei and mitsus which you're actually going to see in a moment that the Marsha, a commentary on the, on the Gemara, which I like, Gemara, we see in a second, actually points out that he thinks Nasev and Nishma means it's actually Nase is to do, and Nishma is to listen not to do. And that Nasev and Nishma wasn't just a uh, we'll do before we understand, is the way we always explain it, right? But Nasev and Nishma as we'll do both, we'll do and we'll not do, right? There's times when you ask us to do Hashem, we'll do those things. And we recognize it's not all about the great stuff we get to do. it's sometimes about the stuff that you don't want us to do. Um, and I'll be I'll be willing to do that also, right? To hold back and not to do that's something I'm willing to uh, accept. But that's two very different things, right? Sometimes we're excited for the, you know, the, the the spiritual exciting things that we're expected to do. The ritual, um, that's easier sometimes for people than it is the things that they are, you know, have to change their life because there's certain things you're not allowed to do. Um, and so the Marsha says that's what and Nishma meant, was that the people actually were willing not just to do the positive ritual stuff, but were willing to actually really sacrifice, Because right? they're gonna have to be missing out on certain things that they, they used to be able to do. And by the way, for them, it's a big deal because they you know, they didn't live as Jews until uh, until Harsinai, right? The Hazal tell us that at one point the people are crying the Mishba Hosam. And the uh, and Chazal explained because there were all kinds of marriages that they had that weren't, halakhic, weren't appropriate marriages. They had, to get, they had to get divorced and they had to change their, their relationships, etc. All kinds of things they had to change uh, when they became Jewish. So it was like literally conversion for them. And that it was uh, a lot that had to be changed really at that moment. And that itself was very, you know, very significant. Um, so that's just one interesting point just in, just in terms of what Nasev and Ishmael really, really means. But there's a really interesting Gemara that talks about the power of Naseb and Nishma. And it's Gemara in Shabbos and Dav is it's actually the same Gemara. There's, this Gemara in Peiches talks all about uh, the story of Har Sinai. There's a, a well-known Gemara we've, we've quoted before, right, about Hashem holding the mountain over the people's heads that, you know, that they, Hashem said, yeah, we're going to force you if you don't take the Torah I'll drop it on your head. So the same exact Gemara right afterwards has the following line here. It says as follows. D'orish Rabi Simai at the time when the Jewish people put Nasa before Nishma, right? they put it first. They put Nasa first and then Nishma. 600,000 angels came. We gave every member of Kla Yisrael two crowns. So basically, every person got their own personal malach. And that malach came and put two crowns in the person's head, one because they said nasa and one because they, they said nishma. Okay, and then the gemara continues. After a little bit, it continues on. Amr lehen migila lebenai raze shem Who revealed to my children this secret that only the malachim use? The only malachim use. And it's kind of a you know, an uh, interesting question. Like, what what does that what does that mean? That they it was a special secret that only the malachim know how to show. Like, what, what does that what does that mean? What would you say that that means? Who reveals to my children the secret that only the malachim know about? What would you think? No right the answers.
1: Malachim, like whatever Hashem tells them to do,
0: they just do. Okay, so one, good. So one shot is, nasev of is because Nas is like, I'm going to do no matter what, right? So that's something that is a Malach-like trait, not to question, right? Just to to act, okay? Isn't
1: there an idea that the Malachim didn't want us to have the Torah? Like they had the Torah first, so maybe the secret is because they actually knew the Torah already, and they knew everything that it
0: was, but they can't actually do it, which is why we got it. Yes, know, there's, a, there's a fascinating Gemara that says that Hashem, Hashem asked Moshe Benin to come up to, to Shemayim to do battle with the Malachim. And the Malachim said, uh, you know, uh, don't give it to them. When God says to Malachim, should I give it to the people, human beings the Torah or not? And they say no. And Moshe basically says to them, I'm like, really? He says, tell me what it says in the Torah. He says, it says, it uh, says, you have parents they're like no right and basically goes through how the torah is it, it doesn't make sense for malachim they don't need it right it's not something that malachim needs it's for human beings um yeah it's a, it's a beautiful gemara basically and, and basically it's, it's beautiful for a lot of reasons because moshe says i'm afraid hashem says no 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 don't be afraid fight them explain to them why you should why you deserve it and then he does and they give in. It's like a very beautiful. It, it's a, obviously it's a, it's meant to be a a muscle, but it's it's an amazing story about the power of the of the human being, right? Which is the, the power of the, uh, the the point of the Torah is that we're not supposed to be malachim, right? And it's so so foundational that we are people who who make mistakes, we're people who fall down, we're people who have to make choices, and sometimes make the right choices, sometimes make the wrong choices. But the goal is that we learn how to choose, which is exactly what we're going to talk about. So I'm glad you brought that, that Gemara up because it's really related. But um, so I want to show you a, a really interesting, uh, again, another Marasha. So there's actually two here. Uh, but I'll show you the first one really points to this part of the Mitzvah say and Loh say. So it's first number four. The Marasha says like this. Um, they put the two crowns on them and he says, um, he says, "Look in Tosfos, and Tosfos explains, Torah Oh the snake Because they, they, they took the, the the crown of Torah, so they were also Zoh to have the crown of Kahuna and the crown of of, of kingship." Um, and he says that's what it means. We're to later as 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 a as a Mamleches Kohanim, a kingdom of priests, and we're supposed to be king, a kingdom of priests, and that comes from the fact that they that they accepted upon themselves. Uh, the Kesser Torah, um, and he continues. They accepted both parts of the Torah. Right, and they they accepted both to do and not to do, and that itself created this incredible situation that they're considered. The, the, the um, like to say a lot, this idea that what is how can you be that a Jewish people are, are all Kohanim? We're not all Kohanim. It's not true. Right, a very small percentage of us are Kohanim. So he said, no, a Jew is to the world like a Kohen is to the Jewish people. What's what's unique about a Kohen? A Kohen is a teacher, right? A Kohen is really a teacher, and the Kohanim have special rules: who they can marry and what they can eat. Right, a, a Kohen can't marry, can only marry a woman. Can't marry a woman who's divorced. And a Kohen can't marry a woman. Um, he can't. Uh, he, can't, he can eat only truma, there's special rules for the a Kohen can marry, can eat, and what he what, can eat. Well, sorry? Side question. Why, it's, it's totally off topic,
1: but because you brought it up. Why can he marry a widow, but not a divorce? Great question.
0: Child? Great question. Um, it's a good question why that is. Um, maybe Maybe a conversation with a different time, but yeah. Okay, But fine. But the bottom line is, and a Kohen Gadol can't even marry a widow. Cohen Kohen can only marry a woman who's never been married. But the yes. but the bottom line crazy is... Room, I always wondered that also. Yeah, it's a very, yeah, <laughs> it's a very interesting...
1: someone up, and I It's
0: very confusing.
1: Forgot about that, and he's a Kohen, and, he, you know, yeah. Okay, yeah. different yes. time. Correct. We'll get
0: into it. Yes. Um, so... Um, but they also they can only eat truma. Well, they can eat truma, and no one else, and other people can't. So, Salvatri pointed out, by the way, he said the Jewish people are the same way. He said, we, we look at us to the world, we can only... Marry Jewish people. We can't marry just anybody, and we only eat kosher. We don't eat. We can't eat with other other people. What's the what's the pshah, What is that? So he said the Kohen is a certain role model for the for the for the for the Jewish people, right? So he has certain again certain things about the Kohen are unique and different and an elevated status. you not know, better. He just has a different job, right? But he's like set aside in a certain sense from the rest of the Jewish people because he has a certain job to do. He has to be a you know be a teacher to the, to Am Israel. So so too said the Rav. So we too. We are only allowed to marry with, within within our religion. We're only allowed to marry Jews. We're only allowed to eat things that other Jews can eat. Right? It separates us from the rest of the world in a certain sense. Not because we're better, but because we have a different responsibility. Um, so that so the, the ability for ourselves to take on mitzvah Seh and mitzvah los say that was when we were willing to accept that. Hashem says, "Great, now you're ready to be a kadosh." Now you're ready to be a little unique and different from the world and do your job. So the Nas of Anishma, according to Marsha kind of like gave us that. That ability, we showed this sort of this, um, I would say this like level of commitment, which is unique and different from the rest of the world to be able to go ahead and do our job, which makes sense also with that medrash that says that Hashem tried to give the Torah to the whole world and everyone else said no, right? Each, each nation didn't want it. Um, again, this like this willingness uh, within Amistras, as much as we mess up throughout Tanakh and throughout the Torah itself, there was a certain willingness within Amistras to do things that no one else was willing to do um, and that gave us sort of elevated status. Fine, but now I want to show you a different marsha which talks about this question of this, of this special secret that the Jewish people have, which was the secret of the malach. And he says like this: What does it mean? What does it mean that Hashem revealed that they who revealed my children this secret in verse number five? This sodi. This is a, 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 a secret. A malach is totally spiritual. A malach doesn't think to himself like. Maybe I should go to McDonald's or maybe I should go to, you know, uh, whatever, Dougie's. Like, a malach doesn't doesn't make decisions like that. A malach isn't choosing. A malach doesn't have b'chirachafshis. A malach doesn't have free choice, right? So a malach doesn't make those types of choices. The only thing, the only way they work is what Hashem says, that's what I do. They're they're robots, basically. And he's ready as if he did it already. It's just done. adam which is not true by a human being, which is a combination, a human being is a connection between man and uh, body and soul. We have also the you know, inclination to do the wrong thing. We're not always ready to do what Hashem wants from us. We, uh, we always, our desires take us to do all kinds of things we want to do. Niggla lahem soze liyos lahem das achas. In that moment, of they have like this clarity of vision that all I want to do is what Hashem wants for me. Right? Hashem says about them, their hearts are like this. Right? We say that we are two hearts. We don't have two hearts, but we have two Yitzarim. We have two parts of our heart, in a sense. etc. So basically argues that Nasev Nishma was a moment when we said, we're, gonna, we're, we don't even have, we're not even going to think about it, right? Sort of, and, and it is sort of the classic way we understand it, right? This, this almost a lack of thinking, it's not. It's a decision to choose always the right thing, right? But it was like this, mo- this moment of clarity that they said, that's it, we're in. We're in and we're going to do the right thing. We're, we're ready to do whatever you ask of us, even if it's going to be hard for us. Right. NASA what initially, no matter she, what what's going to be. Do
1: that all of a sudden, like what, I mean, like what made them go from complaining to this, to that, to all of a sudden having that moment of clarity, like what actually, what was the shift? All. It's a time? great question. What do you think? And, and I was thinking the opposite. I was thinking this is such a slave mentality just to go along <laughs> and not make it. Oh, this is exactly
0: this what you would say, but yeah.
1: Resistance. Jenny, you and I are just, you know, <laughs> you know <laughs>
0: no, but but good. So what, so, 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 so Rona, you're saying it makes sense they're ready because that's what they're used to.
1: Yes. That's right, Rona. Yes. complain the whole time. When slaves have been in the desert complaining about every single thing or just been grateful for whatever they got. Everything they got, there was a problem with. It. Every single thing. Right? That's what right.
0: Before and after Matin Torah. Yes. Right, both. That's
1: mentality, right? To so just sit here and I don't like this and I don't like this. A slave would be like, thank you so much, thank you so much. So I think that they had already made that shift in their mind that they were were, I
0: don't know, no, so but by the way, so if what you according to what you're saying, Jenny, you're saying they they had kind of already started to see their individualism individuality a little bit, and they're able to like, right, be themselves. So then, what allowed them to actually subjugate themselves again? Right. Right.
1: They sort of got over that hump of saying we want to go back to Mitzrayim, right? It was we want to go back, we want to go back. We're miserable. We hate it. This is horrible. What did you do to us? Right. And then that sort of like ended, and then we came to this. Right. Like. Right. But so, this gave them a structure and a set of laws and a hierarchy, like in Egypt. They were used to the laws and the hierarchy and the you know clarity of what they could and couldn't do. And maybe they just didn't like living in the wilderness, you know, without clarity on anything, just going along, following God's will without more information. And like, this,
0: so, this were, gave them a map. You're saying, Ronan
1: manual so to
0: speak right so what you're saying he gave them like a map a map which maybe they were looking for because they wanted some structure
1: yes I hear that
0: you could also argue though and this is what some of the this is how some of the refreshmen actually explained this again like I said this very same Gamar which talks about Hashem holding the mountain over their head since so the marsha I think or maybe the Maharal. It could be it's the Maharal who says this I think it's the Marsha who says what does it mean that Hashem held the mountain over their head he said of course he didn't hold the mountain over their head that's not what he did but what he did was he he revealed himself to them in such an explicit way. He revealed himself in such a clear way that the idea of a God who, who controls the world was so obvious to them that they almost had no choice, And right? That they almost like they they respond like, all right, we're in, right? So we say, a wow, naso mishma. That was amazing. So that's the gemara says no. They really were forced, and that's why. The, and that's the beauty. We'll take it. You know, will we'll wait a couple of weeks of Purim. I guess Purim was the opposite. It wasn't and that literally, and not quite literally, it wasn't until Purim that they really were choosing. Because they really, at this moment, it was hard for them to make a choice. Marsha says it, 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 it was almost like putting a gun to their head because it was, the clarity of God was so obvious to them that they didn't have a choice. It, it was meaning they could still choose, but when something is so obvious to you and so clear, it's almost like you can't choose.
1: So why but, did we get the credit of being the ones who accepted um, everything that Hashem gave us, whatever with you know, without hesitation. If He would have maybe just revealed Himself to the other nations, maybe another nation would have also been like, "Oh my gosh, we made a huge mistake." You know, we want God also. So it starts. You know what I mean? like, yeah, it, it's like it's like why, it, I don't know why we get the credit. Of that, right? you know? so, so so that
0: so the, the answer there. So the yeah. answer is, it, it starts before us. It starts Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Right? Abraham is not not is not a responding to God only when God calls him and only when he sees a vision. Avram starts this way before he ever sees God. And that's why, by the way, in such an interesting way, and I've never actually researched this, but I think it'd be interesting to see, the parallel between Avraham and Purim. Because Purim, I never would have thought to say this ever until just now you said it. Avram is the beginning of all this. Avram is find God when God is not revealed. And then God eventually reveals himself, right? But Avram starts that journey way before God reveals himself. And even when God reveals himself, he's gone for a long time afterwards until he comes back to Abram. Right? It starts with the Avos because the Avos are the ones who, when no one else is interested and no one else is seeing God and no one else is interested in God, they continue to push through right, with God. So God maybe reveals himself here or there to like give them chizik. Like, no, 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 I know you see me. Don't, don't worry, I'm really here. right? Sort of like to meet them halfway. But it it's all goes back to the, to the, to the bris bin ebsarim. Right, and the, and the reason we get chosen to be the people who get the Torah is just because of Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. It's really because of Avram, right? And Yitzhak and Yaakov are continuing that Mesorah. So it's really Avraham who chose God before God chose him that starts that whole process. You're right, because otherwise it wouldn't make sense. Um, but it's also interesting that on the other end, we really the, the Gemara really says, and th- i sorry I don't have the whole Gemara here, but that the Gemara itself actually says, if it was just that shouldn't lift the mantle of our heads, so then Mikan uh, says to Gemara that I, I, we should not keep the Torah. We have the best, we have the best excuse. We were forced. And Gemara says, that's why that's why Purim was so important. Because at Purim, there were, you couldn't see God at all. God was missing. And nevertheless, Kimu V'Kiblu the Jewish people, reestablished their connection to the Torah, even though God wasn't revealed at all. And they had to go find him themselves. And that's why Purim becomes the beginning of that even almost a greater level of of Kabbalah, as the Torah. First, you know, the it's almost on a higher level, and is on a higher level in a certain sense. So the Rambam says that the Alsid level, and I don't know if we necessarily agree that that's the Halachah Misa. Then in the future, all the other Yom Tum will be will be gone, and Purim will stay. You're
1: right. saying it was a fate complete that we were going to be offered the Torah, we were going to accept
0: it because of Abraham. Because so of the
1: Abraham, to the other nations was, uh, was a, a,
0: a, a pony show. Sort of. Sort of. So
1: he never, he,
0: he First of he all, never, that's a medrash. First of all, it's a medrash. The, the, the other nations is a medrash. What that medrash comes to teach us is that there's a lot of lessons in that medrash. Hashem offers those, the other nations um, mitzvot that they can't, they'll can't they never be able to do. He tells you, Shmuel, you can't steal. He tells Esau, you can't kill. He, does, right? he goes to them with the ones that are hardest for them. Like, what's going on here? There's a lot of interesting drush about that medrash. It's not that that's a measure. We don't even know that that actually happened, right? That God actually went to the other nations at all. He wanted us. He wanted us. Um, why we were Zohar to that? Because of Avram Avinu. And, and if it wasn't not for Avram Avinu, what would happen? I don't know. Th- they got, got out of the plan somehow. But at the end of the day, he chose us and believed that we were the ones who could do this. Even with him choosing us, it's a hard enough job to be chosen for, right? So I think, you know, kudos to us that we were chosen, but also, yikes. It's a it's a hard one. I, I take it, but I'm saying, but it's a it's a it's a it's a big responsibility. It's a big responsibility. Um, but what's what's really interesting, um, beyond this, is that so he so he wants to argue that what was special about this, and that's the secret of the malachim, is exactly that what we said before. It's that that unique sense that they're ready to do, right? Even at a time that they put to put themselves last in a certain sense and say, look, I'm just gonna. All the things that I that I want sometimes I can't have, and that's okay. And I'm like I'm in. I'm gonna do it anyways. I believe in this so so clearly that I'm in. But I saw something in the Nitsi that I thought was like so interesting, and It takes us to a totally different level. And that's because of the following. Source number six is actually back in Parch's Yisrael. There, the Torah says, So the, the, the language there is, they all responded together. Whatever Hashem says, we'll do. Because that's not Naseh but nase. And the nitziv on that Pasuk, says something so interesting. Look at verse number seven. He says like this, Lahalan chav gimel, right? In, meaning, in our part, in, uh, by us, in parashim mishpatim, amar Torah, that story is also before Ma'at Torah, like we talked about before. V'samuch la'ksiv kol Kol echad. How how did they respond, right? If you look back in at the, our source number one in Pasuk Gimel, what did it say? Vayyan kol am kol echad. Now they all responded with one voice, and they said rather than saying kol am yachdaf. So what's going on here? He says v'yish mashmoud acherd baze. Saying vayyan kol am vayyan kol am kol echad is different than yachdaf. Why? De Khan, here, he says, he's meaning in his, in the one Yisro, when it says, it was just as a group. As a group, they responded. They said, we have to figure out how Moshe came back to the people and said, Look, Hashem wants to give the Torah, what do you say? They like huddled together, and then together they responded, Yeah, we'll take it. But this was a different response. This was a continuation of that conversation, and Hashem and Moshe comes back to them and says, "What do you think?" And now they don't respond as a group. What do you guys say together? Should we make a decision? How right? do they answer? Each one of them on their own. Each individual person said, "Yeah, I'm in." Right. So, um, yeah. So that basically, the nitziv is pointing out. And I think it's really cool that the moment before they said, Nas of Anishma, there was not only a collective interest in "I'm in. I got it, I mean with you, God, whatever you say, I'll take it, etc. That's amazing in and of itself, that the people together did that, but that this moment of, of before Hasinai Sinai was a moment of a, a moment, not just a clarity for the people as a whole, but that each individual Jew said, "I want it." I want this. Not because my friend said and not because if I don't respond it's gonna be awkward and not because right? This is the thing that I want. This is what I want and I wanna take it. And I think it's very, very it's it's a very like a very small distinction that the Nitsiv is making here, but I think it is it's really fun like fundamental. Because we always talk about this moment of sinai as a you know omnistral moment. And it is an omnistral moment. But what I think what the Nitsiv is pointing out is that the Torah is trying to emphasize that each that there was also an individual experience that took place at our Sinai. And that was an experience of I'm in. I want it myself because I believe in this. And I, and I saw actually a really, really beautiful pshat that is different uh, on a different, totally different context, uh, but that brings home this point as well. Look in source number eight. So this is already, we're, in, we're in, almost at the way end of the Torah. And at the way, way end of the Torah, um, Moshe B'nai says to Ami as follows: b'cham, ayom etseh, aretz, ha-chaim right? this, is, this is the 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 overarching theme that Moshe goes back to over and over again in this very long speech that he gives in, in Sefer Devarim. That you have true choices in front of you every day. You're going to have bracha and klala, chayim and maves. You're always going to have that choice. And when he says you have, a, and, and you're going to have to decide what to do. And I, and I encourage you, says God. To choose life. Why? Lama'an techiah. In order to live, atahu zarecha. Does that possibly make sense? It makes no sense. Ubachar bachar Choose life in order to live. Uh, why else would you choose life? Of course you choose. it. That, 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 if you're choosing life, you're choosing it to live. If I'm choosing bracha, I'm choosing it to have bracha. So what's going on here? So if Label agar there was a, there was a tremendous tabachacham in the 1700s. His name was Reb Kiva, Kiva was known as like the biggest tabachacham in the world. He um, had tremendous amount of chuvos on, 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 on shas. but just no. everyone looked at Reb Kiva Eger as like the sharpest mind in the, basically in the entire world. And he had a son um, who uh, decided to come a chassid. And that was like not exactly what Reb was like looking for. Uh, he was a, a sharp learner and looking for a, uh, you know, and, and his son became uh, became a chassid and became very well known, uh, and his name was just labeled Eger. And he he noticed something so interesting. He said, "Where are the other times in the Torah where the Torah says you should do something leman? Typically, the Torah just gives you a mitzvah and doesn't tell you why. It just says do the mitzvah. When is when are there other times when we say leman? You should do a mitzvah l- for the following reason. So there are a couple of other examples. One is the mitzvah of sukkah." you sit in the sukkah, what does the Torah say? You should sit in the sukkah. Why? You should sit in the sukkah to remember that you sat in sukkahs in, in, uh, in, in the Midbar. Always, in, in that scenario, what's the purpose of Laman? It teaches me special kavanah. A special mind that a person is supposed to have. It's, in fact, when you sit in the sukkah on sukkahs, Rather than your usual kavanah just to fulfill the mitzvah, so every mitzvah you do is supposed to have the kavanah to fulfill the mitzvah. But by sukkahs, is a special mitzvah, a special idea, kavana, kavanah, to have in mind the sukkahs we sat in Mitzray in, 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 uh, in the desert, or, or to have in mind the adenaya kavod, right, which covered us in the desert. But the point is, you're supposed to have a... Laman always implies a special kavanah. Same thing, the mitzvah tzitzit, it says... Why should you wear tzitzes? sem kol You put on tzitzes, why you put them on? In order to remember all the mitzvahs. And again, there's a special kavanah. When you put on tzitzes, the idea of, of remembering all the mitzvahs. So the, the idea of lema'an always implies some type of special, uh, special kavanah. And the Bach writes this, the True writes that, by, by these mitzvahs. Right? Sitting in the sukkah is not enough just to sit there, I have to have in mind. Right, why I'm doing it? So Rabbi says, if that's true, I'll tell you pshat in this passage. Why should I choose life? What does the Torah mean when it says choose life? It means choose Torah mitzvahs. Why should I choose them? Because you want to live. is like telling us, and this is what he writes: Hashem is telling us choose Torah mitzvahs. You know why? Not because your neighbor wants it, and not because it's socially acceptable, and not because you want your kid to get a shidduch, and not because, right? You should choose Torah Mitzvah because, because you believe in it. Because you think it's good for you. Which is interesting. It's a like very, like, sort of a modern approach, right? Torah Mitzvah says, keep it because otherwise you're going to, right? The B'Rosh says so. And if you don't do it, you're going to get punished. The answer is, not, not only. Right? B'chayim L'mantichiyah, the label of eger says, no, we want you to choose Torah Mitzvah because you believe in it. Because you think it's good for you. Because you think this is something that, that's going to enhance your life. Because if you live a life of tarmitzos because, you know, it's socially the right thing to do, it's, it's not going to be a life of, it's not going to be chayim, it's going to be, uh, it'll be okay, right? But if you do it because, l'mantecheh, because you want it, because this is the life that you want to live, so then it's totally different, right? You live it in a totally different way. And I thought it fits perfectly with this idea of Nisiv, that when Akadosh Baruch Hu, when, they, when Ami Sassol Sinai, it wasn't just Nasev and Nishma, we're like Malachim and Aza as a tzibur, we all accepted upon ourselves, okay, we're all going to do this together, like Avram said, etc. No, it's much more than that. That at that moment, it was this magical moment that every individual of Klai Yisrael says, you know what, I don't want it because he wants it or she wants it. I want it because I want it. And it's a very different way to live your life. I think I told a story once in, uh, in shul, but when I was a kid, there were two families uh, in my friend group who didn't have cable. It was me and my, you remember the story? I told you this story? Or no? I don't know. No. Me, My, my family know, maybe. Maybe. And then my friend My friend, my friend's family My friend Nafi His his, his, his family did not have cable And uh, Nafi's parents always said the following line They said when the crones get cable We'll get cable Okay And that was like the worst thing you could possibly say to your children Because like the crones were never going to get cable So like that, w- that was like They weren't didn't really mean it They just meant like we're never getting cable So like forget it right And then like I don't know when I was like 15 or 16 my parents like gave in and we got cable and it was like this it was like you know the heavens opened up and like my life changed forever you know and uh and and nafi's parents still didn't get cable Uh-oh. And, and i give him and i gave him so much credit not now nafi didn't give him credit then right but i gave him credit i gave him credit later why because what was the real point is that there, it wasn't when the get capable, cable will a cable. It's that I know your, all your friends have cable, but well, we don't. That's not what we want for our family, so we're not going to do that. Right? We're just not going to do it, and uh, we'll do it when we're ready. Basically, we think it's good for you, if we think it's good for our children, so then we'll do it. And if we don't think it's good for you, we're not going to do it. And you may not get it now as kids, right? But when you're older, you're going to have an appreciation for the for the value of making choices for my family that I think are the right choices for my family, not because. Timmy next door's parents do it, and their parents do it. I don't know if anyone else ever, ever has their children say this to them, but some some people's children say. But everyone's parents, right? And it's not true. Um, but you'll never win that battle, right? But if we if we live our lives making decisions that we think are the right things for our family, or for ourselves, or for right, then at the end of the day we win. That's b'charet b'chayim leman tichya, right? We we make decisions. We we make decisions in our Vodas Hashem. We make decisions in our in everyday life because we believe in them, so then we're going to be, then, then that's right, that's, that's real life, that's living life to its fullest because you're able to do the things that you believe in, and that's how we are, end up feeling the most you know, success and meaning in our lives, because we're making those choices so, so I, I just found this, this idea of the, of the unique, in the sense that I never heard this pshat, and like, this is what was happening at, at our scene. I always thought of it as this you know, communal experience which it is but I think that it brings with it this very special charge, in a certain sense, that every person should be choosing for themselves a life of Torah, and that's going to be the way to really feel that life of Torah. I think is a very, very uh, meaningful approach, and something that I think you know we can all all use a reminder on, because I think it's I think it's hard to do, especially in the you know you, the, I don't know if it's larger communities or smaller communities, wherever you live, every community. We have the, the amazing bracha of community. Every, you know that's what Jewish people that the Jewish people is all about. Um, we appreciate it more than ever. But it comes with that, with that also that you know uh, pressure, which is sometimes really healthy and sometimes you know, you know, hard. And I think that this this message, "Bachar and Mantiqia," is a good way to remind ourselves how to counter that and make the decisions you know that we think are best for us in our position. You're absolutely correct. You can't just say, you know, oh, it was good for me and everyone else can, whatever. Of course not. I'm, I'm saying more the opposite. Like, meaning, and I guess you're right, and let's sharpen it. Both experiences happened in Arsini. It was a communal experience and an individual experience. I think that's probably, that, that's a better way to say it. You're right. That it was both. We obviously, we obviously have the communal responsibility. It's, at that, you know, it's that moment, by the way. Later on in Sefer Devarim, where we have the the, the uh, we accept upon ourselves arvos, that we have a, res- a communal responsibility. We can't just make decisions in a, in a vacuum, but that communal mindset shouldn't go s- to the extreme that I stop thinking for myself also, and I, and I and I and I feel pressured into decisions that maybe are not the best thing for me. Or even by the way, that I don't step back and ask myself. Even if I'm doing the right things, sometimes communal pressure is great, and it just it just it's a it's a positive peer pressure that. That excites you to do the right thing and that's wonderful but even then we need to stop for a second and ask myself just wondering am i doing this because i want it or because someone else is doing it even i'm doing the right things um having that that ability to, to take a step back and say well what are what do i think about this and you know am i in this for the right reasons is also uh you know i think an important thing also That's a really good point.
1: It's good to take responsibility for for your actions, positive or negative. It's good to to take ownership of it and say, I'm going to this year, or I'm doing this because it's something I want to do, not because it's expected of me to do it.
0: Right. Right. And by the way, don't get me wrong, the Rambam is full of place yourself in the right community, in the right place, because we're all impacted by those around us. And obviously we have to create an atmosphere for ourselves that's more positive, and that's going to influence us to make the decisions that we want to make. But it's but it's always it's always that balance and that's why again that's why we emphasize community so much and we need it so badly um but it but it, it but it does need to be at some time it does need to be countered with a sense of what what, what, what am i going to do myself when no one's around and how am i going to you know, make my own choices also you
1: just reminded me of something i read over shabbos and it was like.